You're listening to Creative and Passionate Cat, hosted by Antoine Errol. All right, today we're we're here with Leslie Jesperson. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's my pleasure having you. So for those that may not know you already, may you just introduce yourself to the audience. So I am Leslie Jesperson. I am a mom. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I am a mentor and leader in all things um, business related, geared towards women. And I focus a lot on mental health and beauty and fashion and coffee and lifestyle. (laughs) So all the things. And that's really cool. So how are you able to like juggle all those businesses? Um, I am pretty good. I think at, I think to-do lists are my saving grace. They, they really help me uh, just stay focused and prioritized because I am very calculated with my expectations. I prioritize the things that I need to do. And if some things don't get finished, you know, I make sure that that is okay and that was expected and I can move them on to the next day. So I'm a big proponent of uh, to-do lists and giving yourself some grace and making sure expectations are on the same page for both myself and the people that I'm working with. That's interesting. So how did you become an entrepreneur? Um, Well, I grew up in a family business. So I think the idea of, of working for myself was always ingrained in my brain. I remember being in like third or fourth grade um, like decorating pens with a hot glue gun and some pipe cleaners and selling them. And just the idea of creating something and selling it and making money was really exciting to me. So as, as long as I can remember, it's just been a part of how I grew up. Did, did you know you were an entrepreneur at, at the time or that you were going to be one? Um, you know, I actually... I never, I never thought that I would have a traditional job. I don't think there was a period of time where I went to school. I did a couple semesters for education and I did a lot of substitute teaching and I worked in the corporate world. But at that point in my life, it's just, I was doing it because I thought that's like what you're supposed to do. You know, that's, that's what society tells us to do. But I think in the back of my head, I was never really satisfied with with that and I always knew that that's that's what fulfilled me was being an entrepreneur and even if I didn't know what the word was yet or what the definition was it's something that I wanted to do yeah would you say that those experiences like helped you become more of an entrepreneur oh absolutely you know I I was just saying to a friend of mine that growing up, I hated that I always had to help my parents in their shop. They owned a, they still have a bookstore. Okay. And, you know, I never got to like go out and hang out with my friends and party and do all that stuff. But the work ethic that I learned is the reason I am able to be successful and juggle so many different businesses and so many different 
tasks just because I grew up learning how to do that. You know, I was, I was basically doing sales and customer service by the time I was like 12 years old. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I think it goes for a lot of people who have, um, who have seen a family business or have been a part of one, whether the, whether the job was in, in like important to them or not. I mean, like that's really where a lot of people like want to be a more entrepreneurs especially when they start off in like a family business kind of type thing? Absolutely. You know, I, I was able to, my, my mom was always able to be at the PTA meetings and be involved in myself and my siblings' lives growing up. And that was really important. That meant a lot to me. And I saw how many of my friends were always at my house because their parents were working, you know, for someone else and they didn't have that flexible schedule. Now, that's not to say that as an entrepreneur, that you can just, you know, go around and do whatever you want because that's not true at all. There's a lot of times that, you know, I have flexibility, but also I'm working 24-7, which is a big... um, you know, that's a big task for some people and it's, it's not for everyone for sure. I think it's just part of my personality that I'm, and my upbringing that I'm able to juggle it at all. And I don't think I would have it any other way. So what does it feel like to be working, I guess, nonstop like that? Um, There's definitely been a lot of um, learning curves and lessons and I think I, um, I'm still trying, trying to learn that balance. You know, I've, I've had relationships that have ended because he's like, seriously, your, your head is in your phone 24 seven. And I understand that. And, and that, you know, so it takes a lot of learning boundaries and saying, all right, right now I'm going to put my phone on the other side of the room. And cause this is family time. And that is something that I do still struggle with is, is making sure that I am, you know, while I'm physically there, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm mentally there, you know, and present as well. So it's, it's, it's still a learning curve for me. And I think it's something that you have to work at for sure. Yeah. So you don't think like, like business owners can just say like, these are the business operating hours and whenever they're done, they're done or. You know, I've tried that. And I think for some people, it might work absolutely, but but my brain actually functions a lot better at night. So okay. it's it's kind of annoying actually because I get best my best ideas when I'm like trying to sleep. So so I'll like get out my phone and I'll write notes and I'll send emails and stuff. Which if you look at it from um, an outsider's perspective, it's really not healthy. So it's something that I'm trying to work on. I've tried to set hours and it's just not you know I. If I'm 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., 9 a.m., my brain's just not firing. I'm not at my my best yeah. creatively, you know? Yeah, I think everyone has their, like, peak moments in, in, their, in their day where they're more productive. So I think it just depends by, by each person. Like, I'd say, like, in the morning, like, I'm not that productive, but in the afternoon, I'm more productive. So I guess it Absolutely. just depends on the person for that. So, I mean, that's, that's like a model that any industry should adapt to. I completely agree. Completely. I remember having 8 a.m. sales meetings and I'm like, I have Not no there. idea what's <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> I'm just going to take notes and hope they make sense later. 
Yeah, there's there's definitely different times where if you receive like if you get a message or an email or whatever it may be that you're just not there and you just look at it and you're like, yeah, I'm not gonna answer that until maybe the next day or something. But yeah, that's true. You know, that is a you know when when discussing the whole the balance. Yeah. That is something that I have gotten good at. I before, like if I was, I had to turn notifications for my emails off because I would see it and it would be like, oh my gosh, I have to go do this right now. And now I can look at it and say, okay, you know, when I'm, when I'm ready to sit down and devote my time to working, that will still be there and everything will be okay. And the world will not catch on fire if I don't take care of this right now. Yeah, that's a good approach. Yeah, and I, I think I think what's most draining is sometimes the using your phone. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're on your phone all the time, it can drain your energy a lot. Absolutely. I love my laptop and I tell people, I'm like, unless unless this absolutely people say, Well, what app do you use? I'm like, I try not to use all the designing apps and all the, the functionalities because when I'm sitting down at my computer, then I'm in work mode. And I'm able to really devote that time, but but you're absolutely right. Having your phone, working from your phone, while it's convenient and it allows us to do so much more, it definitely drains our energy a lot quicker. Do you think it's because of the light, or is it just because your thumbs are not used to tapping a screen, or there must be something to it? I actually think I've never discussed this publicly. I'm like, man, I, I really think I have like carpal tunnel in my thumb and finger from texting mm -hmm. and holding yeah. my phone all the time. And if you think about like our postures, our heads always down looking at our phone, mm -hmm. it's something that I'm trying to be aware of, but it's kind of scary yeah. to think about. That is true. I mean, if our phones would be maybe on a tripod and we had like a keyboard for it, then maybe it'd be a bit different. Right. I don't think when when you know phones were invented they were ever it was ever supposed to be like this but we've we've taken it and and made yeah. it the most convenient ever maybe at the detriment of our health yeah i agree for that i mean i've been days where i was on the, the phone the whole day like texting and all that stuff and it can get very draining very quickly just because i think it's just because it's not something that is very um common or normal to be doing in a sense yeah, and it's just a little cumbersome. Like I just spent the last hour setting up my affiliate program and texting and copying and pasting, and I did it all on my phone. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like I got like irritated and frustrated. So it's definitely something that um, you know we we have to recognize when we need to take breaks from for sure. Was was it more convenient for you to do it on your phone than your laptop, or? It was. It was just, you know, I was feeding again with with the with the balancing everything. Mm -hmm. I'm like feeding my kids breakfast and the landscaper was here. So there's just a lot going on in my house, you know, with with my kids being homeschooled right now. It's it wasn't really convenient for me to go upstairs into my office and open up the laptop and do what I needed to do. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. And how has it been being an entrepreneur with with children? You know, I think I have had it a lot better than some of the other people dealing with it right now, just because I'm so used to working from home. Like all of these skills that other people are trying to figure out now, I've perfected them. 
So, and I actually, I did a, a video a couple of weeks ago on like, here's how to work from home, even with your kids. And it was all about, you know, your to-do lists and spend time with them in the morning and, you know, give them your first attention during the day. And it's, it's a learning curve and your colleagues and associates need to understand that we're all kind of learning something new. So, you know, I think I'm very lucky. My kids are great in school and they don't need a lot of help. They're, they're older, but if I had toddlers, God help me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would be able to, to be an entrepreneur and run, you know, several different streams of business mm-hmm. while, while being present as a parent. Would you put your business on pause if that was the case or? Um, I might have to, you know, when, when my kids were younger, it was extremely exhausting, but I was working in corporate America or I was waitressing and bartending. So it was different. I had a, I had a lot of help from my, my parents babysitting them all the time, but I definitely was not a business owner at that time. You know, I give major kudos to anybody who has young, young children in the household and is an entrepreneur because it's it's not easy you have to like duplicate yourself over and over again yeah for sure and so talk to me more about your businesses that you have right now so um i do marketing consulting and social media management i don't really take on too many social media management clients they have to be like the perfect fit for me something that i know something that i don't have to do a lot of research on so I have a couple clients um, that I do that with on the, on the marketing aspect. Um, I host and produce a talk show and web series that used to be a live radio show. That has kind of had to shift a lot because we typically film on location, but um, <laughs> that, that's not really able to happen right now. So that's kind of in, in some gray area. And then I do a lot of influencer and sales work in the um, beauty and fashion industry, which is kind of like a a passion and a a creative outlet for me. Um, And the money is, is always a perk, but it's a, it's a cool creative outlet. And um, you know, through all of this, I was, I've been able to figure out what else I enjoy. And, you know, I just released a DIY coffee recipe ebook, how to make coffee shop drinks at home. So little things like that, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think we have the gift of our brain just always firing these different ideas and how to take them from ideas into concept and execute them, which is something that I really, really enjoy. Yeah, so, so it is cool. a lot, but you know. Yeah, um, I hear a lot of people say where you should focus only on one thing, but it sounds like you've got, um, you know, you're doing multiple things, and you're you're really great at it. So, um, what would make you decide to do more than just one thing? You know, this is a great question because I've had a couple people, like intuitive mediums, tell me you you're doing too many things. Like you need your it's brand confusion. And that is something that I am working on, but I'm just not satisfied and fulfilled Mm -hmm. with one thing. Like my, I think it's just, again, my personality and my creativity 
is not um, content with with just one thing. You know, if this one thing, you know, goals, if if it's making me six figures and it's like a full time and then some thing, then then maybe that's that's when I would cut back. But I just I really enjoy doing a whole bunch of things. I've never been um content doing the same thing for too long. Would you say that's kind of risky because you can't really know the the full potential of something or um maybe it could be you know i I started my social media consulting and management back in two thousand gosh two thousand thirteen two thousand fourteen before everybody knew what Instagram mm-hmm. was and Facebook and I was really you know not to pat myself on the back but I was the trendsetter with the social media industry in my area and now I'm kind of I'm a little bit over it I feel okay. like I've, it's just phased out while you know all the radio stations and all the media outlets now focus on social media and marketing I I have no desire to, it, it just, it gets a little yucky to me mm-hmm. and I, it, it doesn't align with my integrity anymore. So yeah. I kind of, I'm very intuitive when I know that it, something needs to change or move on. So, you know, maybe that is a downside that I don't see, you know, potential full realization, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And you've I outgrown that. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I see a lot, like, I've outgrown a few a few things myself, and sometimes when I see it from my perspective, and you go talk with other people that are still in that, in that space, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm over that kind of thing. Exactly, and I think that's a good thing that you are self-aware enough to know when you're over it. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think it's better than staying in something that you can't stand every day. Like, I've already done that, you know? Yeah. And there's so many opportunities now that it, it doesn't matter what space you're in. You can always make a, a, a great living with almost anything now. So the options are Absolutely. there. We're very lucky, you know, with technology and the internet and, you know, you can, you can pay for coaching or you can find things on YouTube. We, we have everything at our fingertips. It's just, do we have the the drive and the desire and the discipline to do it. Yeah, for sure. And so right now you're focusing on a lot of different things. Which one would you say is the one that you're focusing on the most? Um, I think I'm focusing on the beauty and fashion right now, just because like I said, I'm, I'm home and it's really fulfilling me creatively and I have a great, you know, network of other supporters and, and there's a lot of potential for bonuses. And plus it's, it's really cool for me to break that stigma of direct sales and multi-level marketing and show that, you know, you don't have to be like that salesy type that everybody hates mm-hmm. to be successful. Yeah. When did you get into that? Um, just a couple months ago, I, one of my best friends is top in the company. So I've watched her. She's, she's helped me train a lot 
but I've kind of been able to take the model and make it my own, like with the affiliate program that I'm launching, I'm including social media coaching with that. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, I'm able to, to help, uh, you know, train these people and be a leader, which is something that I've always been good at anyway. So you've, you've mixed basically affiliate marketing with, uh, direct sales, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, no, not, not a lot of people do that or even understand how to do that. So it's really intelligent. Yeah, I've, I've got like the spreadsheets and everything. I've really, again, this is one of those things that I like wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh, I should do this. And I'll write it down. So I think that's why it's fulfilling that creative outlet too. Yeah. And why, why do people like decide to not do any like crossovers like that? I think maybe they just they're so afraid. And I had that fear too. I'm like, man, when I start reaching out to these people, they're going to tell me to get lost or they're going to ignore me. But I sold out, you know, I I only have certain spots open just so it's manageable. And I sold Mm -hmm. it out in a couple hours. You know, you, we, we have these perceptions in our heads and to protect ourselves from rejection. Yeah. And the reality is you don't know unless you ask. So how do you overcome um, objections or rejection? Um, I just say, you know what? This wasn't for me. This wasn't for them. This, this wasn't for me and that's okay. And I move on to the next one. I, I learned to take rejection at a young age. I used to be a child actor and going on auditions. And, you know, when you don't get a part, it's very, it can, mm-hmm. it can really mess you up. But also, all right, this wasn't for me. You know, what's a, I learn from this if someone says no then what's the lesson there or if and and knowing when to say there's no lesson here they just didn't want to do it and that's okay mm-hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense and um what would you say that like what would you say about that like about prospecting like do you prospect or do people come to you for that so I have always been very anti, and you and I have discussed this before, I've always been anti like outbound sales because I just didn't have that confidence and I felt like I was bothering people all the time and I haven't been successful with it in the past. But this, this new opportunity has really forced me to exercise those muscles and I do a lot of inbound just by like you know, sharing my stories and sharing my experiences and using social media, but also um, being very authentic in, you know, if I'm going to DM somebody, I already know about them. I, you know, I just, I'm not just cold calling these people in their messages. I'm following them on their social media. I know their kids' names. I know about them. And I'm not just trying to sell them. I am being genuine in the things that I'm saying. And if they say, you know what? No, thanks. I'm like, okay, awesome. Well, I am here if you have any questions and I let it go. You know, I think a lot of the issue with, with sales is people don't, they don't know how to read others and know when it's like a hard no or a soft no. And they don't respect that hard no. And they just turn people off. Hmm. That's interesting because a lot of people say it takes like eight contacts to the same person before closing a deal sometimes. So what would you say about that? 
Yeah. And maybe that's why I've always been, been like weird with sales because I don't like, I don't like doing that. Mm -hmm. I think, I, I mean, I'll still stay in touch with people. And I notice like, I notice the people that I've talked to who just aren't ready. I see that they watch my stories every day and they see that I'm, what I'm talking about. They see the message. So when they're ready, you know, I'll be there. And if I see them post something, I'll say something, but I think it's forming those authentic relationships. That is what I'm focusing on when it comes to sales um, versus any other way. I, I don't, I don't know. And I'm, mm -hmm. I haven't been trained in sales in that aspect. I, I don't know, but that's just how it, it feels okay for me in order to achieve my goals. Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. Like, how would you separate the, um, the like business um, relationships and like friendships kind of relationships? Um, I don't really separate them. Okay. Like I said, I, my, my good friend that I've been friends with for, uh, we did the math. She was a guest on my show on Sunday. We did the math. It was like 14 years and I've been a customer of hers and now she's my leader. And I have friends that I'm talking to, you know, who I've known since they were born and I'm happy to have them as a customer. I think it's because I, the products that I am offering right now, I truly know will help them. And if they don't like it, I'm not going to vanish off the face of the earth. I'm going to stand behind what I say and all right, well, you have a 14 day, whatever, like the guarantee is, I'm fine with that. And, and even outside of the beauty and fashion and the lifestyle, even with my marketing, you know, I, I try to, um, stay very true and authentic. And that might, it be a little bit more difficult to, to separate business with pleasure and friendship just because of the, I think it all depends on what you're selling, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. In your case, you'd say there's no difference. In, in my case right now, now I, I wouldn't with, with my marketing consulting, I would do consulting, but I wouldn't do daily social media management for, for friends. I don't mm -hmm. think unless it was something that I really, really believe in and stand behind and that's a lesson I've learned too like I used to just take on any client for the money even if I wasn't confident in that genre and now I won't do that so how long was that like when you just started just taking any contracts oh gosh <laughs> uh, I did that for a couple years and it the stress and like I won't go near real estate mm -hmm. I don't I will not do that because it's such a high stress and high expectation. Like I can bring them all the leads in the world, but if they can't close them, it's still my fault, you know? And I've oh, just, I've yeah. learned those lessons. <laughs> hmm. That is interesting. So you were, you're, you were doing lead generation. I was doing um, lead generation through, you know, sales funnels and all this stuff stuff okay. and it's not really what I was good at or what I enjoyed but I was like oh sure I'll do it you know it's I was in that that point in my life where someone asks you to, if you know how to do something you say yes and then you go learn it real quick yeah, yeah 
<laughs> so I learned some lessons there. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people start that way just because they want to get their their foot in the door. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, just some last parting thoughts. Where can people connect with you online? So, um, I am on Instagram at Leslie underscore Jesperson. And my last name is all E's. So J E S P E R S E N. Uh, my website is lesliejesperson.com. And, um, yeah, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm trying to be more active on LinkedIn and Twitter. I'm all over the internet, uh, trying to streamline my brand. All Leslie Jesperson, all E's. Okay, thank you. And I do appreciate you being on the podcast. Cool. Thanks so much for having me. All right, thank you. All right, bye-bye.